podcast now. Now recording. Indeed. <laughs> We're back. Yep. Uh, so I guess this one's going to be a two-parter. Um, <laughs> welcome to part two, guys. Um, yeah, that was weird. I yeah, we're talking more. about paying on the first date. Mm-hmm. So, Jeffrey, what do you have against paying on the first date, if you have anything at all? Um, I don't have anything against paying on the first date other than the expectation. The expect? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? So, I don't think that like guys have to pay on the first date. I think if they want to, that's fine. But like, I don't know. I feel like to like. I'm not exactly sure how I feel these days about the traditional, like, the man's supposed to be the breadwinner, like, mm-hmm. tradition. I'm like, I don't, I don't see an issue with, like, the wife being, like, the breadwinner and, like, the man not being so. Or even, like, if the woman's making more money, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't she pay for the food? Like, it's just... Right. Yeah. It seems to be putting tradition in the place of uh, being practical. Right. The way I view it, I read it in a book, and it was kind of like saying, like, yeah, it's okay if the woman makes more money. Like, why wouldn't you have that? But it's like, as long as the man is still, like, the head of the household. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I don't care. Like, if my wife is making, like, 500k a year, like, yeah, I'll stay at home and, like, clean and whatnot and, like, do all that stuff. <laughs> but, like, I still believe in, like, those gender roles of, like, you know, the man being the head of the household. And, yeah. Like, so what does that look like to you, the man being ahead of that? I don't know. I'm not a dad. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I can speculate, I guess. The man being the head of the household. It's like making like the big decisions. And so, actually, my parents have a story where they met in California. Um, mm-hmm. good old Cal- it wasn't in Tahoe. Uh. Uh, I know. Um... But so, I think it was my dad wanted to stay in California, and my mom wanted to move back to Maine because she was originally from Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there was like this back and forth for a couple weeks, and like eventually, my mom was like, "Okay, I submit." But then my dad is like, "No, we're actually going to Maine." Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's just like for the bigger decisions, and like ultimately. Marriage is about, like, you know, teamwork and, like, a partnership. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not, like, being the head of the household. Like, you do everything against, like, what your wife wants and whatever. And, like, you have this amazing power mm-hmm. over her. It's, like, you're both equal. It's just one makes some bigger decisions and then one follows. And that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make one better than the other. It's just mm-hmm. the way that I believe God designed it. Yeah. I think, person that, like... Uh, Jesus explains it very well, or whoever. It's probably one of the epistles or something. <laughs> um, but the uh, the text of uh, wives respect your husbands and husband love your wives. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very thin line between, like, the love and the respect, where, like, the man is in charge, so, like, what he says goes. But on the other hand, he shouldn't just be, like, demanding that his wife just completely follow his ideas he should love her and listen to her and, like, go along with what she wants. And so it's not one holding power above the other, but it's both them trying to serve the other person. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way. And I think if, if you know, she's supposed to respect him, he needs to be worthy of respect, too. And I think part of that is listening mm. to her and, like, to 
taking in her opinion as well. Right. Yeah. yeah, if, like, your husband is, like, going out and, like, being debaucherous, like, <laughs> and, like, you don't, I would say, this is, like, a hard topic, but, like, for the sake of your, like, own self and, like, you know, or, like, if, I guess, like, a better example is, like, if a wife is being abused, like, obviously the wife has to leave and, like, mm-hmm. Because, like, that isn't respectable and, like, that wife or that woman is, like, you know, not being treated like a human and not being respected and, like, you know, treated like an object or whatnot. Like, take anger out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's... How did we get here? Yeah, this is not the topic. Just paying for food. Jersey Brown! Yeah. Um, but talking about uh, traditional values versus being more practical, uh, we have today's topic, <laughs> which is talking about church and uh, like modern churches and more traditional churches and the pros and cons of the two and which one's definitely better than the other and which one's definitely better. Be <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Seems biased. I think we should do a tier list. A tier list? <laughs> yeah, like rank every church. You see, people people didn't like last we time we did a tier a t- list. We should do a tier list for the churches and talk. I need to go back and like uh, <laughs> live streams of each of them to like get a full idea yeah. first. That one's going to take a little more homework than this, yeah. this video. <laughs> Maybe. Er, pod. <laughs> Alright, so... Tell us more about what you, what you mean, Jeffrey. What I mean, okay, so like, there are, there are many different ways to run a church service. There's like, very like, traditional and stuff where it's like, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. And you're like, you're doing like, ancient prayers, you're doing like, songs, but the only songs you sing are like, a thousand year old songs and singing the Psalms. And then just, like, a very surface-level lesson where the person's just, like, reading the Bible and then, like, kind of giving a little bit of context and being like, all right, go out and be good people. And just, like, leaving it at that. Everyone goes home, church meets once a week, and that's about it. That's, like, the traditional church model. Right. But then you have more modern churches which are much more spontaneous with things that they do, uh, much more active in their services, uh, where there's a lot more, like, motion in the crowd, like, hands raised and that sort of thing, um, and, like, smoke machines and lights <laughs> and guitars and drums. Um, and then, but those also seem to have a lot more, like, community because they're a lot more loud, and so it makes it easier for people to be outgoing. As are just the <laughs> pros and cons of the two of them. Yeah. So, are you looking for, like, what are our thoughts on that topic? Yeah, so, I guess exact, mainly what I'm looking for is, I feel like both are extremes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either extreme is even a bad extreme. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on the extreme? Like, what kind of church is, like, the perfect ideal church for you guys that you would want to go to 
And do you believe that any of those things that the other churches do is necessarily wrong? Mm, okay. Well, um, I can go first. <laughs> uh, so I, for the longest time, thought that just like uh, modern churches were just like bad. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. these are these are taking away from what we're supposed to be here. These are, like, too much, like, people being, like, themselves and stuff. Well, maybe maybe not themselves, but people <laughs> being too much, like, attention-seeking. It's too much about them. And it's, with more traditional churches, it's, like, it's better. Because it's easier to focus on God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just, like, having this debate last year. Uh, with my friend Tyler, we were just, like, sitting outside in downtown while, like, the the homeless people were walking around at 1 a.m., and we are just talking about this, and he just pulled up the verse of Paul talking about how he's, like, all things to all people, mm-hmm. and I realized that's, like, it's not important exactly, like, what you're doing in church, but, like, why yeah. you're doing it. And if that's what's, like, pulling people closer to God, then, like, that's good. It might not be the church for me. I I kind of can't with, the, with, like, more modern churches, but I think that's mainly just because I wasn't raised in it, and so it just yeah. feels weird. Right. Um, I, I think my biggest issue these days is the smoke machines and the lights. I just... <laughs> my mom always says that it feels like we're at a rock concert. Exactly. Yeah. I think my issue with, like, more modern churches, like, kind of like what you were saying, is just when they go, like, like pandering so much that it kind of strays from the word. And I think as long as they are, like, true to the gospel, like, obviously the gospel is, like, the most important. And then, like, and true to, like, the word of God, I don't necessarily have a problem with how the services run. It's just sometimes I can, like, some churches will go too far to, like, pander to like certain like more progressive people or like just younger believers like just trying to woo them over and like bring them in instead of like just teaching them right like looking for numbers instead of yeah what's that okay church clap Mm -hmm. there's that lyric where it's like (laughs) church can be uh full of communion but empty in conversion or something like that something like interesting have you do you know that song i know that song but i have not listened extensively to the lyrics oh because a church can be full of members but empty in conversion okay yeah mm. yeah i feel like a lot of mega churches do look like or do look for that mm-hmm. it's like i don't know the mega church i go to like sermon wise they're really solid they Mm -hmm. tackle some deeper topics and like it's not shallow or like they are like they also use the word a lot yeah Mm -hmm. and there is no smoke machine um (laughs) so that being said there are some things that i don't like about this church and like I think it's good to have like managed expectations that there is no perfect church. Like it's a bunch of broken people going to 
a building led by broken people mm-hmm. trying yeah. to lead them to God. And like at the end of the day, there's going to be some things that um, we just don't like. And so at this church, they, I don't know if it's like poor budgeting or something, but they're always like really like pushing the tithing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like every week after the, after the worship, like someone comes up on stage and like gives the story of how when they were 16 years old and they got their first job, they begrudgingly tithed to the church. And after that, they found $200 on the road and like oh, stuff like that. It's like, mm, it just, yeah, that's great. But it just like, I don't know. It Why just does that wrong. like rub you the wrong way? Like them asking for time. It's because they just, they're so like, I don't want to use aggressive, but like our passive aggressive, maybe. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's how and, they about it. Right. And like they're always like, yeah, the Lord wants cheerful givers, but it's almost like too much. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'll still give to the church. It just like, it makes it a little weird that like they're coming off as desperate. And then also communion. I don't know mm-hmm. if like the churches that you guys go to have this. But at my church, it's like, all right, here's communion. You're going to, like, let me take, like, 30 seconds to pray and, like, spend this time. And then we're going to go into worship, play a happy song. Yeah. Whereas, like, I would prefer if it's, like, you know, two or three minutes. Maybe mm-hmm. even, like, five. Because, like, Jesus is the reason we're at this church. Like, yeah. the church didn't exist before mm-hmm. Jesus. And, like, the whole thing is built around him. Why are we taking, like you know, 30 seconds to remember him when, like, this is, he's, like, the center of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a very similar issue with most churches during their, uh, when they give, like, time for, like, private confession. Like, they give you, like, 30 seconds and, like, all right, moving on. And I'm like, man, like, how how great are you guys? Like, in 30 seconds, you'll lay everything down and be like, all right, let's go. That's part of the Presbyterian homework. <laughs> yeah, well, I, kind of think, I think that it's just like you're not gonna be able to get everything out that you can express in like terms of communion or like confession in 30 seconds but like you probably won't even be able to do it in two minutes so I think for me I kind of view it as like a starting point like they're just mm-hmm. sort of like like helping you like okay let's like start thinking about this and then like we should go home and continue to think about it and like continue to spend like as much time as we can or like need on that kind of stuff to really yeah. like, spend time with God. Yeah. I mean, I guess like in the sense of like confession and like communion or confession, like Jeffrey mm-hmm. was saying, like the church is like, it's got a tight schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't really think of like, a workaround to like devote more time to that and yeah i think like obviously there's going to be some people in the church who you know don't really care for jesus like let's say it's mm-hmm. their first time they're like all right why are we spending this much time doing nothing? yeah for sure and so yeah i think that is a good point where it's like it should remind us to you know go home and spend that time and like kind of going off of that I feel like that's how we would rest better on Sundays. 
like mm-hmm. doing it in remembrance of Jesus rather than just like sitting at home and playing video games or watching TV. Yeah. Yeah, being able to kind of take that home with us and continue it. Yeah, because I was talking about this earlier and it kind of reminded me of Reflection Night where like mm-hmm. I haven't done any Reflection Night since Tahoe. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking like, why not for Sundays? Like, why don't I just spend a couple hours like I did in yeah. Tahoe and like do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think reflect- Reflection, like that's something that coming back from Tahoe, it was like Dang, I feel like I've just like gone nonstop and haven't had time to like slow down. And so like I, I didn't take a reflection night per, per se, but I did like try to dedicate time to like journaling and really like reflecting. And I think it's definitely something that I think is a very important practice to continue to do. Maybe not weekly, but like as much as you need it, you know. Right. Yeah, because we're not taking in as much information. Yeah, for sure. Here compared to Tahoe. Mm-hmm. How have you guys felt about like taking Tahoe back home? Like, I know you guys kind of talked a little bit about it this week. I don't know anything changed this week or any new insights? Taking Tahoe back home. Well, I think one was that, like, you know, doing reflection after mm-hmm. church, like mm-hmm. having that dedicated time. Yeah. Um. I think it's just like learning how to spend more time with the word for me, mm-hmm. like taking that next step and like maybe shooting for an hour, like an hour, 15 minutes instead of mm-hmm. 45 minutes just mm-hmm. to like sacrifice that extra time. And then also learn more about maybe a different passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, just like prayer. Like mm-hmm. I was talking with a mentor today. And he was saying, like, he wants to learn how to have, like, one hour, um, I think it was every day, dedicated to prayer. And, like, that seems pretty hard, but mm-hmm. I think, like, that's a really realistic goal. Is he talking because... about doing that, like, an hour straight or, like, just throughout the day, like, 10 minutes here, 15 there? Like, an hour straight. Okay. And, like, Daniel does that in the Bible. I think it says he goes to his room three times a day and then prays. I'd have to mm-hmm. double check that, but and then Jesus too, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to church. Wow. Um, Not letting me answer the question. Okay, yeah, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, for me, uh, this last week I've been focusing a whole lot on just trying to bring the the community aspect back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just like been trying to set up events for like people in my crew to come to. Uh, nice. next week on Tuesday, I'm getting group people to go to a swing dancing class. Nice. That'll so that'll fun. be that'll be an interesting time. I have to learn a new form of swing dancing, but it it shouldn't be too oh, bad. Oh, they do it like the the slightly different way. Yeah, the four step. Mm. But it'll be exciting, hopefully. I've got like five people who said they're coming right now. Hopefully I get more. Oh, that's awesome. But anyway, back to church, like Landon was saying. <laughs> Carry on. 
Um, I guess like my ideal church. Do you want like the whole Sunday service planned out? The whole service. Go sure, for it. Go whole for service. It. Oh shoot! So <laughs> I would say six a.m. Six a.m. You stay yeah. there till twelve p.m. <laughs> That's yeah, right. That's service. right. Um. Okay, I would say like nine a.m. start. It, it really doesn't matter when it starts. <laughs> um, but nine a.m. Um. Honestly, this is like I'm kind of just like thinking of my church, where it's just kind of like worship, like some announcements or like upcoming stuff, sermon, mm-hmm. communion, worship. Um, I really like my church. I think they do a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, like I said, just like the tithing and the communion, like maybe that could be changed a little bit, um, and like not as like shoved down your throat. That's the right do word. Do you guys' churches do communion every week? Yeah. Mine does monthly. Yes, ours does monthly too. How do you guys feel about that? Monthly or weekly? Uh, either. Like, how do you think? So, I personally, I, I think weekly is better because Jesus says, like, whenever you come together, like, do this. And yeah. so I think that it's a good thing to do it weekly if you can, but if your church just doesn't have the budget or resources for that, I understand a more monthly thing. I haven't yeah, talked about it found out, but yeah. Yeah, I see no reason of doing it like monthly. And I've heard or yeah, like Jeffrey just said, like unless there's like budget. Um Yeah. But like any other like spiritual reason, like I I can't really think of any. Maybe that's what it's said. Maybe that's why they're shoving tithing down your throat because they need the money for communion. <laughs> yes, well, it is weekly. Communion every week. No, the the crackers they give out are like. Oh yeah, those styro- tiny little ones. The styrofoam. Like by oh goodness! Wait, do they have the, uh, the prepackaged things where it has it all together? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, oh, grape that- juice. That just doesn't sit right. No. Wait, Juliana, what church do you go to? Or like what type of church? Uh I go to a pretty big uh non denominational church. Um yeah. So is that would you consider that a mega church? Yeah. It's oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, it's probably so, one of the bigger churches in my area. Jeffrey. Does your Presbyterian church have wine? Do we have wine? Yes, sir, we do. <laughs> Is it good wine? It's it good bad. wine. Really? Because the Presbyterian church How would you parents know, go to. Because I drink it, Jordan. <laughs> 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 okay, I do the same thing. I remember like t- the first time I did it when I was younger, I was like, man, I feel so cool. Yeah. Drinking yeah. wine. I'm an adult. I think, I'm an adult. I think the first time I had wine at communion was at like my friend's Presbyterian church, and I was like, like really nervous. I was like, "Am I allowed to drink that? Like, is it is it going to be okay? Do I drink it?" And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> like <laughs> they're watching you. Yeah. So, what would your perfect church look like, Juliana? Hmm. 
Well, I do enjoy like the church that we go to now, but I think what sometimes I don't like is just how big it is because like you lose that community aspect. And I think they try really hard to do like community events or like community groups and bring people in smaller groups. But I think you can go to church on Sunday and like not interact with anyone and leave. So I think ideally, like I would want to be in more of like a smaller, tight knit community. But I also think it's like been really cool to see how like God has been blessing this church and like bringing them so many new people and so many new people coming to Christ through them that it's like hard to complain about it being so big just because of the impact that they're doing. Mm. But right. um, yeah, I think communion every week would be really nice. Um, I do like, I like sometimes like music sort of, I like being able to just like sing as loud as you want because you're not like worried that people around you are like listening, you know, cause they can't hear you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> for music, I actually didn't think of that. Um, I'm like kind of torn. Yeah. It's it's an interesting topic cuz it's like you know it is worship. But like Yeah. I can't hit well, I, some of those notes. Yeah. <laughs> I think as long as you're like really focusing on like the intent behind it, like the intent make maybe the smoke shows a little much, you know, but <laughs> but as long as it's like you're really like worshiping God and you're not just like getting lost in the show, I think it's yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that just comes down to like the heart. And I feel like with like in a mega church, it's easy to get into that like oh yeah, just a concert where we throw up our hands and like it I feel like it's easy to associate God with like a spiritual high and mm-hmm. not like what he should be associated with and like just like with obedience, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, can you explain I don't know. that a little bit more? Yeah. So, like, I remember at the crew conference last mm-hmm. year in Baltimore, like, it was awesome. Like, definitely like a spiritual high moment. But I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, God is like, or that's an unhealthy, an unhealthy way to have a relationship with God, where like you just feel the closest to Him. Or you only feel close to him when you have a spiritual high. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, and, like the camp high. Yeah, and like there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But it's like mm-hmm. when you only want to obey him when you have that high, like that's when it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so like with mega churches, like I've just like I feel like there's a very what's the word? Like, it's easy to get into that mindset because, you know, like, worshiping God is, like, all. It's hard to articulate it, but, like, it's all feeling-based, I guess. Yeah. And, like, again, there's nothing wrong with having, like, positive feelings towards God, but it's, like, keeping that in the right place. Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah. like megachurches kind of idolize that in a sense. Yeah. 
when you make him godlike, more of something you feel and not like your personal friend. Because then, like, when things are gonna bad, going bad, it's gonna be hard to turn to him. Yes. Okay. That was that was what I meant. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you want to feel God. Mm. Yeah. Like he's still there even if you can't feel him. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. Cause, yeah. Yeah. He's so much more than just like feeling. Exactly. Like. But yeah. Um. What are you guys' thoughts on like modern? Music versus classical music. He just likes moving on before I answer questions today. What was, wait, <laughs> wait, what was yours? <laughs> so my thought for a perfect. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't sidetrack. <laughs> um. So for me, I like the church I go to because it's about a medium-sized church. Mm-hmm. Um. There are a lot of lot of things I would change. They keep the lights on really bright through like the entire <laughs> oh, segment. Really? Which I think my biggest issue with that is like it makes it a whole lot easier to feel like people are watching you. Yeah. And, like, that means like it sometimes makes me want like look a certain way and appear a certain way because like the lights are on like really bright. Everyone can see me really well. I'm like ten feet tall. Um mm-hmm. And so I, I do like churches that, like, keep the lights off and keep it darker, because then it's more of just, like, you and God. And I think, like, church is good to, like, have a community, but I think, like, during, like, the worship, like, you shouldn't be focusing on other people much. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think that I Actually, like... Could I, yeah, I just want to say something real quick. I think in Paho, Aubrey did, like, a really good job of this, where she was like, I don't want the lights to be on me because it's not about me like i want yeah. the light to be dim and like so the whole room is dark which kind of like at first like it sounds like it'd be weird but then it kind of just makes it easier to focus on god and then like i don't know it's not like the spotlight is on aubrey like literally and figuratively mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that's all i have to say um i also i wish my church because the only instrument we have we have a singular piano and the pianist has a mic and they have the piano pretty quiet and his mic sounds like it's (laughs) muted half the time um so it's it's very hard to like sing loud like you were talking about because there's just like like again it's like other people will hear me like i can't hit Mm -hmm. these notes um so i i wish we had like more instruments and stuff so it was like mm-hmm. easier to focus in like on myself instead of worrying about other people um oh, my alarm. oh no what's what's the alarm for landon 40 minutes oh yeah that... lunch break is over oh uh, my bad um <laughs> so yeah um I think our prayers are good, although I'm still not sure how I feel about, like, everyone reciting down a written-down prayer. We do that one a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Weird to me. I'm like, when the pastor, like, gives a prayer and, like, gives us to, like, quietly do our own prayers, I'm like, those are cool. But, like, whenever we're doing, like, a public prayer, I have to be, like, a couple words ahead just to make sure I agree with everything right before I say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there yeah sometimes the problem like i don't necessarily have a problem with like written down prayers but like yeah you always have to make sure like it's reflects like the desires of your heart and stuff but i also think 
like sometimes when it's memorized or when it's like written down, it can become just like routine and mundane. And so I think mm-hmm. focusing on like the individual words can be important. And that's why I think sometimes doing your own prayers is better. But mm-hmm. I think they still have a lot of truth. Right, like, like the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, yeah, you get that in, like, every Presbyterian church. And, like, they still do it at my parents. But, like, there's still, regardless, no matter how I view it, there's still truth in it. And I think, mm-hmm. ultimately, it just kind of comes down to how you, or, like, the heart posture behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, you might have to work a little harder if, like, that's something you've recited your entire life to... I guess have that like same feeling in your heart, that same heart yeah. posture, but yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have because uh, there's one thing we do. Do you guys know? Have you guys heard of the Apostles' Creed? Mm-hmm. The Apostles' yeah. Creed. Yeah. So essentially, like the questions asked, like Christian, what do you believe? And you like you recite this whole thing. And there's one line that's talking about Jesus, and it's like, he was crucified, died, and he was buried. He descended into hell. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I personally disagree with that, because I don't see the Bible backing up that statement. And so it's like, it's always weird when, like, everyone says this thing, and then, like, me and, like, a couple other people in the room are just, like, quiet for, like, two seconds, and then just pick back up mm-hmm. and keep going. Um. So, yeah, that's... I, I think there are advantages to written down prayers because it's good to like hear another way of phrasing things or like when you try and figure out how you feel, it's like, oh, that's a good way to phrase it. But yeah. there are also disadvantages. Um, yeah, I kind of want to talk about like why would Jesus go to hell? Pardon? Huh? You <laughs> saying something. Huh? No, I said I want to talk about why the Apostles' Creed is saying that Jesus would go to hell. Or he went to hell. Like, uh, yeah, so like so some people believe that like he goes down to hell and like fights and like frees the people and like sends them up to heaven or something. It's weird. What? I know, man. But I know. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Did they just like come up with that? Someone pulled it out of their rear end one day. I don't know. Like there's probably some like vague scriptural backing for it i'm sure um but i just don't think there's enough and it's solid enough from what i've seen to agree with it right like you can't if like you can't call that truth because you don't really know and like if you're unsure they said there's a couple verses sorry i looked it up there's first peter 3 18 through 22 and ephesians 4 9 that they like scholars use to as scriptural evidence Ephesians four nine, and First Peter three eighteen. All right. Um. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Oh. <laughs> oh. Interesting. <laughs> well, we need context first. Yeah, I think maybe that's another. <laughs> There's gonna be a part two, part three. Part three, <laughs> um yeah then so that's that's a weird thing that i'm not sure i'd have at my ideal church like 
the Apostles' Creed, but just that line taken out. Just that line taken out. Some, like, a lot of things, when they have the Apostles' Creed, they have, like, that line italicized or something, because it's, like, so common for people to disagree with it. Mm. Um, and then I keep the sending. I like the sending. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, sermons sermons are good, I guess. Um, although I was talking to someone the other day about how I feel like sermons are one of the um, least important parts parts of a church. Why is that? Why is that? Um, so I think that like the most important part of a church is like the community, and if mm-hmm. you have a good community, they're speaking truth into each other, and so you mm-hmm. don't necessarily need someone in a suit to walk up and like give you guys a lesson every single week i think it's good but i don't think it's necessary and i think that like prayer is very necessary and like singing praise is very necessary because those like remind us of who god is and just give a time to like appreciate that but i think that like the lesson isn't much so isn't as much so and also some people just don't learn very well just sitting down having someone talk to them for like 20 minutes I think I can't remember what speaker it was, but they were talking about in Tahoe about like how many people have come to Christ like through a friend or like a loved one, and then like mm-hmm. how many people have come to Christ like in like a service or like through a sermon, and mm-hmm. it's like like not a lot, but yeah, I still think it's important. Yeah, I, I would to be filled yeah. with truth. I would say I it's think... not necessary, but like I do agree with you, like that you know there is truth like you're brought up as a christian like from your community and like Mm -hmm. that's what my experience has been i'm sure you guys can probably relate and like Mm -hmm. i still feel like it's important for someone who has more experience with the bible and like Mm -hmm. has that knowledge to kind of like speak into matters and give or like also remind um yeah for sure remind and like give context and guidance on a certain passage mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah i do i don't think it's like you know the bread and butter of the church but i do think it's still important and like to have that reminder especially because some people yeah. don't read the bible every day mm-hmm. it's good to have yeah at least that truth mm-hmm. yeah I, I do think it's good as not like like i'm sitting here and saying like we need to get rid of pastors and sermons and stuff i'm just mm-hmm. saying out of like the main building blocks of a church, I think it's one of the less important ones. Yeah, but I think I think a lot of people assume it's one of the more important ones. Like that's what makes a church is a pastor, and I I don't think that's healthy. Right. Yeah, I mean, you definitely should not be idolizing your pastor. Mm-hmm. That's like why, like a lot of people, like with the big mega church pastors, like when they fall, then it's like faith shattering for people. Right. their faith on this pastor instead of on Jesus. Yeah, it's like the Hillsong scandal. Yeah, yeah I think like, Matt Chandler just had a scandal. Like, a bunch of Right, and it's like pastors do have it rough because I feel someone told me this, but like they don't have like anyone that they can like open up to because they're always pouring out to other people. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like you know preaching or leading like a group, yeah, I think that could so, be a danger. I think they could 
definitely prevent that and have community around them. But yeah. It just depends. Yeah, and it could be like another pastor, like someone else. But sure. generally speaking, pastors don't really have that. And so obviously that's not healthy. And like someone said, that's why a lot of pastors have scandals like that to like, yeah, I don't know, get away or have a relief. It's always just so sad when you see that. Like, dang, man. Right. Yeah. That's their career ruined. Like, yeah, like, but it's also like, are you really like, like really secured in like God and in faith if you're turning to like, these worldly vices or like things like that and it's just like dang like what have you been preaching man yeah right it can definitely cause some like doubt but we all have like it's just that they're on the stage yeah and like i think especially because they're put on a pedestal there's kind of that expectation that they will be perfect exactly like the onset expectation and so that's why like with sex scandals it's something that isn't seen it's a very hidden sin yeah whereas like alcohol or drugs like you can tell right away mm-hmm. and so i think that's why it's so so common for sex scandals above anything else mm-hmm. but yeah should we uh wrap up coming up on an hour <laughs> on that note on that cheery note <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about Sunshine and Rainbows now? Let's talk right. about Jersey Brown. <laughs> Let's talk about Jersey Brown. Um, what about Jersey Brown? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a boyfriend is Jersey Brown? Whoa. You don't have to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't answer it, that's then saying that he's not a 10. Okay, well, like, is anything really ever a 10? That's my thing. I will. I don't ever really give anything. To Jesus. Jesus is a 10. Yeah, well, except for him. <laughs> God. God. The Father. Yeah. The Spirit. Okay. Heaven. Jersey's a good Jersey boyfriend. And God is a 10. Bride of Christ. <laughs> yes. Is Jersey a good bride of Christ? Jersey's a good bride of Christ, yes. Or is he a great bride? Yes, he'll make a great bride. (laughs) Oh my goodness. 